Cast Extra episode 32. As always, joined by Sporting Panda on a momentous day for Football Index. A hugely momentous day. I'm coming in today in third gear. I usually offer you second gear. I'm going to give you third gear today, so a little bit of an increased performance. Obviously, I say fifth gear for kind of, you know, operating my day-to-day life. I don't want to reveal my true, brilliant self, you know, on the airways and give away away every trick of the trade. But no, third gear today. I'm excited. I want to hear your initial reaction to what we see in front of us. So for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last, what, six months, all the books were on their way. We got the bid side, so the buy side in um, just towards the middle of June, end of June-ish, something like that. Anyway, sell orders are here now, offers as the technical lingo goes. Fig, you're the man everyone wants to hear from. Can you believe that we're here? What? What? Tell me your initial no. thoughts. No, no, no. I mean, it's... Uh... It's it's kind of what I said last. I don't know if you listened to the podcast with uh, <laughs> yeah, with Lee. It's you know literally what? I just said yeah. big big spreads. They're going to go down, um, and that's kind of what's happened. But I'm actually uh, surprised at how low some of these have gone. Um, and I think people have kind of anti FOMO'd, so they've FOMO'd into the offers to free up funds at whatever cost for other players. If that makes well, sense, that's the beauty of this system. You know you're going to get overshooting on both sides of the prices. So, you know, if you're looking desperately to sell a player, your offers are going to go lower and lower and lower. It's potentially going to drive the price down because you may be desperate to get out of a Paul Pogba to buy a Jaden Sancho, the new signing. Someone else comes along and thinks, hang on a minute here, that's actually a really decent price on Paul Pogba. I'm then going to take Paul Pogba from him. And that balancing act and where they meet in the middle and that flexibility of a function order book system, it's going to breathe so much life into the platform. I can't tell you for short term pain, potentially for some out there. And I do feel for you because number one, I think it's important to take some time to get your head around the order book system. I don't think it's overly complicated, but that's all well and good for me to say who've been using Betfair for 10, 15 years. But I think, you know, take your time, get your head around it. There will be some adjustment periods because we really need to think, start thinking as a community about players' values now. And, you know, I'd be more than willing to chat to you today about some of the drops and the decrease in prices. And I think a lot of them are fairly self-explanatory, but some of them are fairly brutal. Um, so get, get your head around valuing, think about prices, all the stuff we've been saying. I think it brings it into huge focus now, but this is going to attract so many large traders and money into the platform. This platform was capped and it had a finite potential before we had an order book system. With what I've got today, I can promise the listeners out there that this is going to attract a huge interest um, from bigger traders, institutional investors, all the stuff that your podcast guests have been ec- like have been saying. I echo. Look at Dan Weston, uh, who writes a Pinnacle, a tennis trader. Um, he's now sniffing around. Mark Iverson, absolutely wonderful cricket trader, someone that you know I've got a huge amount of time and respect for. He sent me a message today saying I'm watching on with um, you know intent. These people weren't going to join. I mean. When I went to the Champions League final, last story, then I'll, I've been waffling over here. I went to the Champions League final. <laughs> football, I think you're the one that everyone wants to hear from. Panda speaks for 10 minutes. third for you, though. The mind is operating at breakneck speed. Went to the Champions League final. I took a uh, head of M&A at Betfair with me. This was the Football Index one last year. No one was looking at this platform or taking it too seriously without NASDAQ and without all the books. Today is the step into the 21st century and we are here and um you know i'm i'm so excited to be a part of it 
So am I. I mean, this is phenomenal. Uh, is it what we're seeing how here. You expected, the look of it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like exactly how I'd, I'd thought, uh, luckily. Um, and again, I've, I think some of the prices have overshot downwards. Like, you know, I'm looking at some of those decreases and I'm like, well, if that person does something or if I can buy them for, you know, another 10% off that buy price, then I'm, I'm kind of in. But, um, you know, you mentioned Paul Bogba, right? He's playing very soon in the Premier League. Or Bruno Fernandes is also in that list. Marcus, uh, Marcus Rashford also on that list. Like, what is what does their price action do if they score a winner and get media and maybe a PB or, you know, the, the 5X and play dividends? Like, I think people need to start realising that what you've got now is a very, like, real market and it's going to really display those prices with... Because I was, I kept drilling home the, the the thing about supply and demand being correlated to the spreads, right? And and now, like Paul Pogba's spread is under it's twenty one p, right? That is four percent on a five pound thirty player, right? Now he could more sustainably rise if he does something, right? If he if he scores or wins media buzz, you could see him getting to, you know, six, six fifty. But the difference will be his spread will be close. Yes, exactly. And please listen to me, traders. I mean if you if you're a believer in the ability of Paul Pogba, which a lot of you probably should be, and I don't own him, so this isn't pumping or anything, but this is just a trying to a cold analysis of him. You're absolutely right, Fig. He is a media, you know, superstar. He's very capable of going on a run of form over three or four weeks, winning a couple of gold days, being in the papers quite a bit for man of the match performances. He's explosive. He can rack up a huge haul of dividends in a short time frame. He's only 26. He's got the Euros coming up next year. You know, if you believe Paul Pogba is undervalued, you don't need to sell today. Well, you know, the, yes, the price on the screen has dropped to £5.30. But if you think he's an eight to nine pounds player, then it doesn't matter. You can buy more of him at a cheaper price now um, and then sell him when he goes up in the future. You know, it's a gambling game and you need to think very carefully about what players are worth um, and what dividends they're going to return over the year, especially for someone in their prime like Paul Pogba. I mean, he's been quite quiet, to be fair, hasn't he, for the last six months. So I do understand this drop. You know, the media hasn't been quite as explosive for him since he got on with... um, Solskjaer, you know, since the Jose spat. I would also say he won a couple of gold days in Christmas of that year when Oli just took over. And I think he was on penalties. He's since lost penalties and free kicks to Bruno Fernandes. And he's playing a subtly deeper role. So PB, so, you know, th- these are the pros and cons. This is the pluses and minuses you need to think about with all of, all of your buyers. You know, you don't need to all, you don't need to be, you know, perform rocket science and, and do a completely deep dive. But you just need to be, I think, mindful of, of some of the factors plus and for a player, because you're you're exactly right, Fig. Demand for a player is going to drive the price, and that's also going to drive the spread. Although I think the spread is naturally going to stay fairly tight on a lot of these players now. I mean, I'm looking at the drops, and already yeah, some of them have overshot for me, and I think there's quite a few bargains there. Mm, mm, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is great to see, though, people, you know, liquidating holds that they want to sell, right? Like, <laughs> I mean... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. before, a lot of people have complained to me, like, oh, well, I thought we were, you know, I thought it was worth what the blue button was there. It's like, well, that blue button, if it's £10 or £20 or £2, doesn't really matter if no one's going to buy it from you. Well, exactly. Right? That's right. And as we said last week, instant sell, yes, it was there, but it was a little bit of an illusion because, you know, I missed the Memphis Depay ACL tear nine months ago to a year ago. 
and it completely vanished on me and I, and I couldn't sell him for that for that price for a long time i had to be patient and wait for him to recover and then sell him at a market price if i wanted to patience is going to be rewarded here if if anyone's listening if you're going to start chasing your tail start selling on drops and buying on rises i think you're going to not you're not going to end up in a very good place you know you need to be i think more than ever now just have a semblance of a plan keep a record of trades um, you don't need to win every trade but this is where i just think some method is going to be um, heavily rewarded. And the other thing to mention is, and I was thinking about this just before we actually got on there, and uh, it might be something that people need to think about, is that you were going to see comparatively really big drops on players that are good value, right, in this system, because the dividends on offer are so, so large. Yes. Like, if, do, do you know what I mean? Like, if I go look at the the decrease list now, right, I I'm, I'm scanning down, right, and I look at... Uh, okay, Mason Greenwood, right? You know, he's down 55p on paper, apparently. But that might not have happened if the dividends were a bit tighter and people weren't thinking about kind of like the immediacy of returns. Because you're looking at a player like him, who's 17 or or 18, however old he is, and uh, a lot of people have really high hopes for him, think he might be, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, I'm not sure if we don't have a 100% dividend increase and we don't have five, uh, five times in play dividends, Maybe people don't take a, what is it, um, on there, like a 5 6% hit on him. And uh, they they don't put it into holds that might be really good for is the that, next, is, like, two to three weeks. Is that because they, they want to chase the rewards? They're so glamorous. I think so. People are I very so. confident about making back losses. They're more free yes. and easy about selling. But, but, and that's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, I yeah, think... Okay. Um, but on the flip side, what happens is if those really undervalued vets, like, you know, Mason Greenwood, yeah. like say he scores, he comes on for United first game of the season, he's, yeah. he scores the winner. Yeah. Yeah. Like what price is he? Right? Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and it's yeah. very, it's very tough to say at the you, moment. You know, we spoke about last week, I rambled a little bit, but I spoke about, you have a primary headline or primary story, which is, I don't know, Sancho coming to United. And then the secondary stories, the fallout of that. What does it do to the Dortmund players? What does it do for Manchester United players? And I think this order book system will enable more fluid trading on these primary and secondary storylines. So, for example, if Sancho looks more likely to sign over the last 48 hours, which I think he does according to reports, then he's going to eat into Mason Greenwood's minutes. So potentially people are selling Greenwood on that news. So we're going to see the drops that I think instinctively should occur I think they will happen with other players rising. I just think we're going to have a much more dynamic market. You know, when I spoke about, um, you know, uh, breath being kind of, no, breath being breathed into it. That's a bad phrase, but you know what I mean? Like life has been injected into the platform and I think it's becoming a very exciting trading platform. Your podcast on Sunday was quite interesting with the guy talking about, could you offer like a Smarkets or a Betfair do a tapered down commission rate? for high volume traders and you know that's something with this technology and this order book system in the long run you may be able to do something like that so encourage you know high frequency scalping in between the prices not something that i do on betfair myself but some people do like to take a few ticks here and there i'm more of a kind of volatile trader i guess i'd call it um so i guess i'm i'm quite used to these drops and um yeah very exciting it really is exciting i mean if you look to um messi's kind of uh, odds right to go to man city yeah. or to stay when that bit of news broke out that there was going to be this interview like there were yeah, people yeah. looking at 
those those odds were fluctuating so so quickly i was i was paying attention yeah. to them and i was like i know yeah. the market there's yeah. thin but you're gonna see more reaction like that where you, you, not only falls yes. going to be quicker but but rises are going to be faster as well it's yeah let me, so let, so if you're trading a tennis match or a cricket match out there if you trade the opening gambits of a sporting event the volatility on the betfair prices isn't as extreme versus when you trade towards the end of an event so if you imagine in a, in a you know in a tennis match if you're trading tennis points exchange at the start of a five set match Odds aren't going to change. The points aren't that important. But as the match progresses, right, Fig, let's say it's two sets all, five all in the fifth set. Every point is so close to the finishing line, you're going to get hugely volatile swings in the odds. And that's what I quite like to play play against, you know, when human panic almost takes over in those moments. And very similar to the Messi storyline, it, it, it's, it's exciting because Messi, when he first said he wants to go, that was at the start of the kind of period and you thought well, you've got a few days here for the price to increase but as you get ever closer to that reveal world interview he did with goal on the friday of course at that stage you're then in real elastic volatile market conditions because if he says he's staying he drops from eight pounds to six pounds if he says he's definitely leaving and he's coming to city he probably goes to 11 pounds and what this order book system does is it opens up for a variety of trading skills and traders out there who want to play different time junctions of the storyline, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, it's just phenomenal to see. I mean, to consider that in, in March we had oh, like this right. quite primitive system yeah, yeah. and we're in a situation now on September the 10th where we have buy and sell orders like it's fucking crazy it, to think about considering and, and some of it is maybe enforced yeah, yeah by the situation that we were in with covid and fi not being confident in kind of providing the liquidity from an instant sell pound standpoint and wanting to be financially more secure and, and flexible during the yeah, pandemic which yeah. is totally fair but it's worked out really well absolutely um God. It's a, it's a nice moment to look back on Black Thursday and the panic. And if you'd have said to me then, where would we be on September the 10th? I wouldn't have said 140 million market cap and functioning buy and sell orders. No chance. I thought COVID was going to play havoc and, you know, potentially sell orders or sorry, the order book system wouldn't be implemented until 2021. I was quite worried that'd be pushed back. But, you know, they've they've reacted in, in, in a kind of fight or flight response. I think um, in turmoil that they've come up trumps and I'm, and say so I can't really say enough about it. I think we had a sticky period in the middle of the summer. God knows. I tell you what, Fig, how the hell was this going to launch under the old dividend structure? No, <laughs> I mean, no chance. We said as, like, no as way. soon as it happened, we, what did PB Man and um, SG call it? Like the fake dividend increase? They labelled it something, didn't they, on the podcast with you? But I remember as soon as we saw that increase, we were like, how the hell are you going to launch sell orders when you've got that dividend structure? And Matt... I think that was one of the things said in the... I don't get it. Trader, trader meet right. as well, the trader yeah, yeah, panel. Yeah. Uh, I think that was one of the, the points that was hammered home by, I think, literally every single person on, on the panel, actually. Uh, and again, admittedly, I, I don't know half of these guys. They, they could be super smart. They could be not very smart. I don't know. I didn't know yeah, half of them, yeah. right? Um, but, but the thing that came across, the, the two or three things that really came across was the importance of media in general and, and how, like... FI were maybe a bit being a bit, I guess, flippant and frivolous with their, oh, we're just changing media or we might not give it an increase in the in the dividend review um, from the last piece of comms. The second one was the communication. That was the, the, the thing that was really hammered home. And I think um, 
you know uh some of the things that have happened since from the communication that fi have received from traders uh all over the shop you know from emailing to phone calls whatever has been that the comms weren't good enough the third thing was sell orders like you can't go into them with this sentiment and you can't go in them with you know the sentiment that we're seeing and i guess the way that the reverse the sentiment was by increasing dividends substantially yep, yep. and i think what i said yesterday on the podcast right like uh with lee and um, i love, I love uh, that when lee spoke about the reconstruct because he loves the reconstructed knee doesn't he <laughs> i love that but like uh, but what yeah, i was yeah, saying yeah. right one of the things i said was like you know bruno fernandez if he was like 11 quid went down to 10 quid <laughs> You're still getting two point five percent or over two point five percent on a on a on a PB yeah, win, yeah. star man, yeah. right? And so now you're looking at him a nine forty six buy, and the spread's really really tight. Like if someone buys in now and he wins media or PB on that first uh, weekend, you're laughing and you don't know what price he could be. He could be he could literally be ten fifty by then. Like I think people need to realise that. If you're holding long term, you're going to have to be more used to the bumps. If you're trading short term, your risk versus reward are actually further apart in terms of like the downside versus the upside. Because if Bruno doesn't score for the first couple of weeks, he could easily be £8.50. If he does score in the first couple of weeks, he could be easily £10.50 or £11 or whatever. So I think if you're trading short term, realise that the risk that you're taking on are maybe becoming larger, but the uh, potential gains are becoming larger and if you're trading long term then just kind of yeah. get yourself used to and numb to those kind and of it, drops and, and rises and it, and it will all balance out and you know, for, for me on, on my tracking spreadsheet i've got a bucket of short-term trades medium-term trades and long-term trades i don't often do short-term trades i haven't too much this calendar year but i used to i used to fixture trade and try different little strategies um for that as you say yes the rewards will be bigger potentially the drops and the risk will be also a little bit enhanced now but you don't need to win every trade and i think that's what people you know lose sight of if you're recording 20 to 30 high um sorry quick short-term trades if you're winning 20 out of 30 um you know losing 10 and your net profit is up on those 30 then that's all good isn't it you know you i think people will have to just adapt their mindset somewhat um if they want to go down that short-term trading path, I think that's why keeping records is really valuable because we've been used to holding 50, 80, hundred players and they just keep rising, rising, rising. And generally they will over the next few years because the platform is going to go from strength to strength. But if you do want to short-term trade, I think it's just ever so important just to keep a simple log of the profit or loss on each of those trades and, and look at it in chunks of 10 or 20 or 30, you know, um, one of the things that I've literally just been messaged on Twitter actually yeah. was someone's messaged me just being saying like the actual instant sell figures haven't dropped too significantly. And that is the, the people buying the, the bottom end, the kind of instant sell uh, value and too many people are focusing on the top line figure, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got a new option on the app where we can display the mid price of your portfolio, which will take the midpoint between the buy and the sell price. I believe I haven't, toggled that functionality on but i think you can do that mm. um and mm. in an index gain have a lot of good stuff don't they where you can track spreads and portfolio i mean we're going to just have a new suite of tools that we're all going to adapt to and get used to and we're all, it's all going to take us a little bit of time but within a week or two this will be the norm and no one will want to look back to the old system i mean it was such a good point was it uh done well made so i was a big bruno holder i had a huge amount and 
I remember rushing into a queue and adding some because I thought I don't want to get stuck in a Luis Alberto famous queue because that was about four months long. So it forced me to think, right, I need to stick two or 3,000 in the queue now because I want to get in position for when he does well because otherwise I'm not going to be able to get my money out for four months. That's an archaic and prehistoric way of thinking. We won't miss that system. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to add that in. Hmm. Have you done anything? No, I haven't. I haven't. I was... What I... what I um, Let me have a look at the... Um, I haven't done anything. I'm only down about 6,000, which is uh, very, very healthy okay. considering the port size. So I'm very pleased with that. But... A lot of the players, I've been prepping for this day for a long time, as you know. So yeah. I haven't really got many, I haven't got a particularly diverse portfolio. And I feel like I was in the players that were going to have demand at this stage of the year. Um, mm. I didn't take too many gambles because of this order book system launching. So I haven't done anything yet. I'm just waiting for things to settle. And then I've got some cash, I've got cash balance and I'll probably, well, I'll see how the next few days go, I think. Yeah. Have you done anything? I've put, I've put offers on two players. Right. And I've put in uh, a fair few bids, yep. like very, very, very ambitious. Like I, I would be shocked if I get any of them, yeah, but yeah. I was like, why not? Um, let's see. Now is the time, right? Yeah. I'm, the only thing I'm surprised at is in times of economic uncertainty, people flood to gold. You're the economics master. Is that right? <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not football index LL. No, or, you're not. No. Uh, My understanding is in recessions or times of economic uncertainty people buy gold because it's a safe haven yes gold rises yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was expecting today people to flood towards my holds <laughs> that hasn't <laughs> quite happened yet i think i was a little bit bullish oh, i mate. think my players were going to get to yeah it's it's nuanced though right you know mbappe doesn't doesn't get covid what price is he um oh yeah you yeah. know mbappe got y- covid y- yeah you have a sancho bid today what price is he yeah, i don't like, think that's coming it's... till next week no Okay. No, right, no, you mean right. that. You're exactly right. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Mbappe was absolutely storming, wasn't he? He was. He was yeah. trotting along, what, wasn't he? What, what this will do, though, Figs, like we 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 chat to each other quite a bit, don't we? So, unfortunately, yeah. yeah I know. I'm. I'm actually <laughs> trying to break that, and it won't be long before I do several the times. To be honest, go my own way. But at the moment, at the moment, we talk a lot, and um, we've, been, uh. we've been talking about all the books for a while, and we probably are guilty to an extent of being very comfortable and anticipating this. And there probably are different sections of the community out there that are listening. And I just want to repeat what I said about the start. Like there's no such thing as a silly question. We're all here to learn. And, um, you know, on a serious note, it is very daunting for some. So patience, playing around with it, not doing anything too rash, not panicking. I know it's all fairly cliched advice, but I do mean it. Mm, mm. I think it's really good, really good advice. Um, we probably have loads of questions. Yes. I haven't really checked them. But uh, while you open them up, I'll plug a couple of things. So if you guys haven't checked out the Patreon, then do head over there, patreon.com forward slash FI guide. Someone messaged me in there on the Discord today and was like, uh, Fig, have you done anything? And I was like, I'm on hold to Apple because I've just lost my fucking AirPods Pro case on the bus today. It's a fucking awful day for the mogul awful 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 day so that's a weird way to plug the patreon but do check out p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash fi guide for the best football content football index content around i keep making that mistake it's not the best football content around i can't proclaim that especially if fabrizio romano has just started his own patreon the bastard has he really um yeah 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 God. yeah yeah he is um you can check it out now <laughs> you can sign up to his i might have a look at that i was once a patron. imagine if more people 
sign up to his the mine off the back of this podcast i'd be gutted <laughs> do you know what's nuts I, I put in there i'd sent a link to you last night quite late about half three in the morning because i was up listening to the old podcast <laughs> and uh, that done well i tell you what i didn't like that comment when he said slyly oh if panda's your agent that won't happen then i mean since he's he's, <laughs> he's backtracked a touch and tried to make peace with me but you know, it's a frosty relationship at the moment. But um, yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. Once, once you once you start start off on the wrong foot. Oh, it's very with, hard to get um, back on level footing with me. But um, I did enjoy his <laughs> podcast appearance. But really smart guy. Um, no, really he enjoyed is, that he one. Is, he's kind of do definitely check that one out last Sunday. Panda. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it was he seventy percent panda in second gear though. Uh, no, seventy percent panda third gear. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, Hossam Wild got linked to Arsenal at 3.30 in oh, yeah. for Fabrizio, our friend Fabrizio Romano. And it had, oh, yeah, you did send me I that link at 3.30 in the morning. Up and, uh, he got so many links and so so many retweets and likes. It's nuts, isn't it? The thirst for Romano's tweets. Yeah, he's um, he's the guy, isn't he? He's the man in transfer world. He's honest. the man. Yeah. Um, he's so the man. Got these questions what else up. am I... I just need to plug The Athletic Oh, quickly. yeah, go ahead really quickly if you guys do want to sign up to The Athletic head over to theathletic.co.uk forward slash fig uh you get the athletic for two pound 99 a month pretty decent deal 40 percent off full price uh for the year panda anything more than two pound 99 you told me you've you sent me recently that yeah, you've sure. got a like an actual delivery uh i I don't want to call it obsession it's more addiction <laughs> at this point listen you are paid this man i know he's a wealthy man mm, right but he tots up some crazy bills my Deliveroo on delivery yeah. uber eats and just eat it's absolutely disgusting my food delivery delivery costs um um they're probably if i add up just eat uber eats which has got mcdonald's on and <laughs> so just eat is to look after the local establishments um, line yeah. in their pockets can't forget them yeah. can't forget them uh, Deliveroo is more chains where I'm in uh, where I live and ju- and what's the other one Uber Eats is McDonald's sorry so they're the three I think about £650 a month on breakfast lunch and dinner which is to the door um, and you don't you know I know all the drivers so they can pop around the back to the bar have a drink on deck in tea <laughs> um, but yeah I do I do get a lot of delivery do you do you not ever eat with your family no no I don't no because no, you run on a different I run on a different clock. I have a different circadian rhythm do you know what circadian rhythm is, Vic? <laughs> is it? No, no, I don't. It's your internal physiological body clock. So you know how your hormones and how we respond to light yeah. and sleep and melatonin levels. So my circadian rhythm is very different to my wife's and my child's. So Sure. Uh, how do you get tested for your circadian rhythm? You get, is there like an actual... I, I think they can. Oh, have you? Is it just a gut feeling for it's you? It's a gut feeling, yes. I know. I can, I'm so in tune with my body and so centered. Yeah. I know where my melatonin's increasing. I know where my <laughs> dopamine levels up, serotonin. I've kind of got a visual test tube of all these chemicals. So I'm very aware of when I'm getting sleepy and different bits and pieces. Yeah. Do you know, as well, I was off with a black card once, Fernando's. I told you that story, didn't I? <laughs> this is a random tangent. Yeah, Nando's. you were telling me the story. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me who offered you this Nando's black card? I can say. No, I can't. I don't want to. I'll tell you off, off air. But I literally okay. said, look, I can't take that. I'm a man of the people. I can't be having a Nando's Who was it? Was it a celebrity? Um, it was a family member of a celebrity. So this person themselves wasn't famous. Right. Got it. Yep, yep, yep. Got it. Got it. Um, Fair enough. Yes. So, uh, yes, on with the questions. I'll tell you what I've been reading this week uh, a lot about. Military history. That's my latest fad. So I'm looking. Oh, right. Oh, well, I thought you were going to ask a question. <laughs> 
for anyone out there that's it. I was just kind of like nodding along no, okay here he comes with his usual bullshit and then he's going to ask a so question really, this is a really good this, listeners will love this right World War 2 the British intelligence used to drop notes out of the sky from bomber planes in terms of how to feign sickness so the German troops or the Nazis could go and read them go to their lieutenants or what have you and say look I feel really sick I can't fight and get signed off from duty of war when the German heads found out about this, they were fuming and they said, you're going to get back out of there. You're not going to pretend to be sick. But you know what happened? They were sending actual sick people back out to fight as well. So in oh, the wow. end, the British had to fight lots of ill and sick and poorly soldiers. Very clever, genius ploy. So I've been doing quite a bit of reading on military research and I'll be willing to discuss that with anyone that wants to. But anyway, on with the questions. Yeah, I mean, go on, you go first off your <laughs> you stupid random ramble. Military Did you want me to be completely honest? I completely zoned out. Oh, I just stopped listening to you. <laughs> See, this is why I need someone else to do this show with, because I'm giving you all this insight, and it's just literally... <laughs> when you said military week, history, week I was now. just like, no more, oh, I'm not listening to this. Right. There'll be a lot of comments on that, trust me. Right. Um, <laughs> There'll be... <laughs> Chris Barker for you. I'll kick off on. Which football manager, past or present, do you think would be the best at FI and why? At FI or on FI? Uh, would be the best at FI. So I guess at trading and buying players, scouting them. Arsene Wenger, 1996 yeah. to 2007, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that to be fair. <laughs> behind the Patrick Fieras. Behind the, the, the Nick and Elkanas. Selling, selling them at their peak value as well. Nick and Elka. Yeah. Um, yeah, Will Tor- master Will trader. was quite expensive though, wasn't he? It's about seven and a half million. He was. He was quite expensive. But you had um, Henri, who he moulded from the left and brought centrally. I'd go Wenger as well, which is boring. So over to you. Mm. Uh, over to me, Northern Fi from the Discord. Who are the biggest Premier League risers and fallers after game week one? Oh, I mean, obviously it depends on performance. Um, I was going to go for an out an out of the box option like a, a city Man City defender, but they're not playing, are mm-hmm. they? So game week one this <laughs> weekend, I'll play with a straight bat, and I'll say if Trent bangs in a free kick or wins PB, Trent could be a big a big riser. <clears throat> Who else? Who is are you going to name? Who am I going to name? I know that's a pretty boring one, but I was going to go it for a Liverpool really or a Nathan, Nathan Ake, but um, they're not playing. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Could it be quite interesting Spurs-Everton as well? Could Doherty there? start? That's on, that's on the quite a marauding right-back. That's the Sunday as well, so yeah. that, that could that could drain a lot of the, the media as well if something happens in that game. Um, Pepe, potentially it, Arsenal? Good performance. Could it be an Arsenal player, yeah? Um, um, Awa at Arsenal? Yeah, he's got to come in in the next 24 hours, but I mean, yeah, he's, he's definitely not doing Leeds, no. but Leeds have got a very tough fixture, so I wonder, do you reckon Leeds as media will be at all a pull? I think Leeds could win more media than Manchester City. There's something about Leeds are a huge club. Um, Bielsa is a real character, it's a story if they play attractive football and start performing on the pitch, I think they could win media. Yeah, yeah, good question. Right, um, I'll ask this, oh, I'm just doing it in order, sorry, it's for me, this one. I'll ask the one Fig didn't ask last week, Football Index TW, name your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, top four. I mean, I'll just try and do it quick. People, I say people get bored, people love the wrestling chat. I would go the excellence of execution, Brett the Hitman Hart, Stone Cold and The Rock for carrying that era, um, and for longevity, probably The Undertaker. 
So um, I'll actually I'll, I'll let you take one now. <laughs> um, Greeky, excluding this Discord again, excluding the financial benefit to FI. What's the point of having commissions on bids? As bids are funding instant sell, there shouldn't be any commission. Does it not hinder trading? That's hurt my head. That question. What's the answer to that fig? What's what, what do you what? Like what? What's the answer? I don't know how to answer that. Oh, <laughs> You've absolutely, you've caught me, you've caught me unawares now. I was like, what's the do the donkey work for you? But my head's um, flying, I can't process. Well, so, so at first, having commissions on bids, from my understanding, was to increase liquidity on the market buy side, right? So they might actually think that that is still an option to get more people buying off people on the offer side, if that makes sense. So for me, uh, it's always been an encouragement when the, the spread gets close to buy off the offer side. Otherwise, because basically what you want ideally is you want equilibrium on either side. So you want to be roughly as many buyers and sellers, if you're FI, right, um, to keep the market quite thick and also price, price movements to be like healthy up and down, right? Uh, and obviously the more demand the player has, the more bids they're going to have and the more buys they're going to have and the less offers they're going to have right so if the equilibrium is the kind of uh, midpoint if that makes sense and more demand equals more bids and less demand equals more sales then if you don't have a commission less people are going to be offering uh, buying off the offers if that makes sense so they're going to be less buys from the market which might actually tweak that kind of Balance, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense to me. So there you go. There's some donkey work for me. There's some donkey work. Thank you, because I'm I'm too excitable this week. I'm like a young puppy. (laughs) Um, Frank the Tank for you here. What's the story, lads? Do you think we should start a GoFundMe for Adam Cole to get stem cell treatment and keep himself in tip-top condition? I was shocked to see he was 70. Is that a mistake? No, he's 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 uh he's he's that kind of age, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he's very sprightly. But he's he's very he's very sprightly, healthy man. Though. Yeah, a bit of a whippersnapper. So Frank, yeah, he's don't, uh, don't worry about anything like that, Frank. In great shape for his age, Adam Cole. Okay. Um, got a question here from Old Man Fi from the Discord on Twitter. Uh, play out what you think happens when the market opens. So we've kind of already seen that in the next forty-eight hours, in the next week, in the next month. Yeah, this year next year yeah i i did answer this question to somebody on twitter today and i think i said firstly it's going to be player dependent so uh, players certain players will have fairly sizable drops which we've seen within the first couple of hours so that stage i think has been you know that stage is underway and that's going to plan but on the whole over the next 24 to 36 months the general trend of the market is going to go up and up and up and up and up and i'm extremely confident of that so doesn't mean all players are going to rise of course because there are some bad bets and players get injured or lose form but generally things are going to trend upwards mm. okay um your turn yep legacy football index legacy what on earth is southgate up to here thoughts oh, thoughts word. on this back eight fig uh, it's just disgusting yeah honestly yeah. I, I honestly wanted to throw up in my mouth watching some of those games horrible horrible viewing genuinely to play a back five is bad enough right well, okay, I can give you some leeway. Right. If you if you play a back three yeah. and you play 
your strongest three attackers and you play two capable ball-playing central midfielders. You know, I'm going to use Arteta as as an example, right? When you have a guy like Kieran Tierney at left wing back, you have Danny Sabahis in the middle um, and you have Pepe, Aubameyang, Saka up in the front three, whoever it may be, that gives you a lot of like firepower. But when you play a fucking back five with Kieran Trippier at left wing back, Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, whoever the fuck else he played in the other game, Ward Prowse in central midfield. What the hell do you expect uh, Sterling, Kane and Sancho to do? And but by, by the way, also think Kane was fucking abysmal in those Absolutely. two games. Sorry, I'm going off on one here. Honestly, he looks so unfit. Every single summer, he looks awful. so, so unfit. I the, and I think this just continues the, the theory that he's in decline. He's in decline def- because physically he just can't keep up the anymore. The final nail in the Pochettino coffin, in my opinion... And I follow Spurs fairly closely. A lot of the big clubs I do. Um, was when he rushed Kane back for that Champions League final versus Liverpool. I thought it was cowardice management because he'd been out a long time. History tells you when Kane comes back from a long injury, he's sluggish. He doesn't do enough. He doesn't occupy the defenders. The, the you know the, the dynamic nature of his game isn't there. And I think he is in the decline. And we've looked previously at some stats around final third pressures, him winning the ball back, um, which have been dropping. And I think we've got a big problem here with Harry Kane. His finishing is never in question. He's a supreme finisher. Oh, he well, hits it's, the ball so Oh, well. it's just... I, I think I told you this story before from when he took yeah. the penalty. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to go down that path again. But he <laughs> is a big problem as a number nine, I think. And he looked woeful. And it was disappointing to see. And yeah, the I think Southgate deserves credit for stabilising England. Mm. You know, do you remember when... We were in disarray with Hodgson and the coaches before that. And when... When Southgate come in, I think he did a really good job in terms of PR overhaul. You know, we had Harry Maguire and do you know what I like in it too? Dinosaur, and we had a feel good factor about us at the last championship. Um, and because the expectations were correct, low, correct, he took advantage of that. Right, but when you've got a better group of players, expectation has risen. You're not playing with house money anymore. You're expected to have a decent-ish brand of football. I think you're going to be found wanting. And he does deserve this next tournament coming up. But I don't expect a lot from Southgate and this England mob. And we need someone in that. I liken it to yeah, when, do you remember when Chris Hewton was doing really well for Newcastle? Yeah, that's, that's fair. And he, he was doing well. Um, but at that time, the Newcastle board said, we're going to bring in Alan Pardew to take up the next level. Yeah. And they actually went on and, and kicked on. And with Demba Barr and Papis say they tried, they, they nearly got into the top four. Yeah. Um, that season. And I feel like, okay, that was not the best comparison but i do feel like there needs to be that next guy to come in and really yes push push them on. i'm a big fan of that like laying the foundation with a coach and turning the kind of um articulated lorry around you know getting it under it's control. kind of what chelsea would always do with gus hiddink do you remember yeah gus hiddink he's coming on two and different stints where he comes in shores the boat up yeah. and he's like gone off you and go you know next. it's a really difficult thing to do though because i look over mm. in italy and juventus who are under allegri i thought were quite unfortunate to not progress in the champions league a couple of times and were, were dominating and sometimes you change for the sake of change and you're not and you know you force it a little bit too much which i think they have with their recruitment and obviously they've taken a step back but mm. generally I, I do think southgate is the stabilizer we need someone to take us on to the next level now but we'll look he deserves the next tournament so we shall see but yeah very negative last weekend anyway hmm. yeah i was shocked disgusted actually um isle of man guy in the discord asked for your super bowl winners this season oh i'm finding it very hard to to not pick the chalk um what i mean by that gambling term for favorites so the kansas city chiefs i think will represent the afc um in the nfc 
probably the Saints. Someone asked last week about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady's gone there. What I would say about that is um, I'd link that to Peyton Manning going to the Broncos um, about six or seven years ago. It took them three years with him to win a Super Bowl. I think it takes some time to learn the playbook and kind of embed yourself amongst the team. So I don't think it'll be the Bucs. So I'll go for Saints and Chiefs Super Bowl. Cool. Um, Can I ask another quick one? Because this was yeah, honestly, yeah. it maybe it might be sensitive to you, but it, it honestly made me laugh a lot. Right. Fi run, fat boy run, panda. Yeah. Mrs. Yes. Panda Good. has had an Who? affair. What? What? Mrs. Panda has had Why an is affair. He going down this Would path? you rather find out through Fabrizio Romano tweet saying "Here we go" or watching her on Sky Sports <laughs> News deadline day in the back of Harry Redknapp's Range Rover? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, I'm not one of these guys that hides in the wardrobe and watches his wife having affairs. You know, there is that type of person out there uh, in the material world. And I'm afraid, you know, there might be some in the community. Nothing wrong with it. It's not for me. So I would, I wouldn't want to see her in the back of Harry Renner's Range Rover. So I would go for finding out through Fabrizio Romano. You know, at 3.30 a.m. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm up, what? I can see it. Here we go. I can just literally favourite the tweet, like it, accept my marriage is over. Oh, my life. God. I don't need to see it visually. Oh. Um, think, this is from Football's <laughs> Legacy. When's the top 200 going to be abolished? Um... Well, I wonder if they change it to a top 100 now after the footy news that we had. Hmm. And then I wonder actually if that that one becomes a drop down to top 100 whole index or whatever, and the other one becomes like certain categories. Yeah. I think ASP did a good tweet. I tell today, you didn't what, yeah. very very good tweet. <laughs> I don't, Panda approved. Yeah, I really like that idea. I've got loads of ideas around how we can add gloss and cosmetic touches to the platform to make it more usable. But at the moment, we're still in building the engine and the foundations of the platform. But yeah, he, he put out, be nice to filter your, um, fill to the player list by country, by under 21s, you know, have different, um, what are they called? Markers to segregate different groups. And, you know, Lee, Lee, Lee B spoke on your podcast around, he would like his portfolio to be filtered and have different folders. So you could have long-term holds and kind of drag them and drop them in this folder. And of course we can add all that over the next year or two. Mm. Um, right. Question here from FI Headhunter. Oh. Do you have BT Sports or Sky Sports on Virgin <laughs> uh, Media? If so, what's it like? Yeah, so, do you want to tell everyone about how you were completely embarrassed today? By well, I didn't really realise I'd been I'd been run around the houses until everyone kept messaging me like, "Oh my god, fig! I've just laughed my ass off was... at this guy trolling you." And I genuinely didn't know if this guy was being dumb or he was actually trolling me. So and, like, I just had, I didn't know. I didn't know until like everyone started messaging me like laughing. And I was like, why is everyone laughing at this? I just didn't get it. Yeah. I, mean, I was very innocently. You're so, st- yeah, you're so naive. Stunk here, wasn't I? You need to open your eyes a bit more. Although you did catch yeah. out someone creating multiple accounts and uh, coming at you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you? You caught that very quickly. I, was, I literally, I literally saw the tweet and I was just like, I just don't know how this geezer's got, like, so got so much time. Do you know what? Do you know how, how fucking boring it is to sa- sign up a new Twitter account? It takes like a good five minutes of your time to do that. Like 40 times or whatever this bloke's done. It's just like, where do you find the fucking time? Like, and then to then Unless, verify it on your email, set up a new email account. Yeah, he might, just be, like, he might be doing Christ. it on the hammock. Like, no, he, might have a man, he might be a man of leisure. Like really? 
Maybe. That's what I was, I that's what I was trying to explain. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. That's what I was explaining to you today. This podcast um, is really... <laughs> this po- People won't believe this, but it's kind of true. This podcast oh. is the only thing in my diary every week. My whole week is structured around this podcast because you can't count... Tennis, squash, golf, hammock, reading military history, can you? So this is really <laughs> no. the only thing I'm accountable for. <laughs> um, what about what about you trying to get me to write tweets for you? I, you want to talk about that? No, no, it's not going down that path. Because Mark, listen. he's he sent me. Listen to this, listeners. Right, the the the, no, the fig no, army. No, 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 right, no, no, no. he sent me no. tweets before right. where he's been like, mate. I can't be bothered to write something out. You, 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 you're good at writing. You write a response for me, and I've just looked at my phone. Like, who the fuck does this bloke think he is? <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any comebacks. Oh my word! Um, but uh, moving on, somewhat. Mm. FBI trader asks you, um, friend of the show, I guess you'd call him. He's, he's done an extra cast. Um, yes. How many players would you consider to be over-diversified on FI? Quite a good question. And how much does maximising fun over profit come into it? So this is obviously really, really, really subjective. So take my answer Absolutely. with a bit of salt. But um, for me, I personally gain more... I know this is going to sound like I'm a robot. I... I <laughs> I gain more joy from making money by being right, quote unquote, right with my bets on FI than I do just simply watching a player that I own, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? It does make sense to me. I say if that makes sense quite a lot, don't I? You do. I mean, I think maximizing fun over profit, to me, they're they're one and the same. You know, I, I don't have lots of fun if I'm not, you know, if I'm losing loads of money, I don't think it's that fun. Um, but I kind of get what FBI trader means there, that I think having fun in anything you do in life and trying to enjoy it means you're going to spend more time doing it and you're going to be more successful at it. And I've always said it's a fine line between passion and addiction. Um, how many players would you consider to be over-diversified? This is really subjective. So I don't know if you listened to last week's show and you're trolling me, but I said, you know, I watch a lot of other sports and therefore with football, I tend to watch the top eight clubs in, in each big league. So my, my knowledge of players is slightly smaller than some of the experts out there. So I think I can cover a portfolio between 40 to 100 players and keep a very, very close eye on them and be very in tune with my buying and selling decisions um, and react quickly to the news on these players. If I went above 100, I would not be able to cope. And so for me personally, over 50 is... In the danger zone, over a hundred, I'm too over diversified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I tend to agree. I think for me, I would say more than seventy players for me personally would be too much. Yeah, um, yeah. But so, but then again, this is the this is the beauty of the question, though. There are some people out there that will be able to cope with two to three hundred players. It will match their style. Um, they'll be in tune with the players, and they'll have more time on it than me. But it's a lifestyle choice as well. But it was a really good question. Yeah, over to you, Joe Felix. If you were Daddy Cole, mm. what would your next priority now that order books have finally been oh, implemented be? That's a good question. Can I lead you into a topic here? I think... Slightly, sure. See how you get on with it. The next thing for me, and I think it's so exciting, is picking out youth players. So we've discussed this. I've heard, I've heard a few of your guests say the same. When I used to play Pro Evo or LMA Manager or <laughs> FIFA, I used to love getting a club in the lower divisions and 
bringing in like scouting youth players and trying to improve the team that way. Same thing on Football Index. You know me. I, I know a few youngsters and um, like IPOs is where I'm going with this. I think that's the next exciting piece that we need to put into the puzzle. Um, do you want, we've got some news about that today, haven't we? Do you think that well, is apparently a fair we answer? do? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's for, I, for me personally. I'd like media to be sussed out. Oh, sugar, you've done me. Um, yeah, you're all right. Yeah. Sorry, I have done. You've done you, me as there. Usual. You're correct. But on the on the topic of IPOs, uh, FI Headhunter has a question. What do you think of the new IPO process? And I did, yeah, I did get him to tweet us this actually okay. because he messaged me with the screenshot, been, yeah. which is on the app. Yeah, and then he's not sent the screenshot in the original tweet. So then I've just gone screenshot question mark, and he's very kindly obliged to send it. So this is what they've said. We introduce new footballers onto Football Index from time to time, which is referred to an initial player offering IPO. These IPOs will be published on Football Index at a price at our own discretion. We will announce IPOs on the Football Index news blog for 8pm the day before release, but exact timings of the IPO will not be disclosed. Before listings, the IPO there will be a blind Dutch auction, which will take place from one to two weeks before uh, they go live, known as the call period. The call period will be an amount of time where traders can submit bids for footballers that has yet to be introduced onto the platform. Sorry, this is terribly written, whoever's written it, and will be done via the player profile page on the platform. There will be a reserve price in place and all bids will need to be at or above the reserve. Once a bid has been successfully submitted, it will not be visible to the public due to the blind nature of a Dutch auction. Football Index will be able to see all the bids. At the end of the call period, Football Index will decide on how many shares it will match and at what price. All shares that are matched will be done so at the same price to ensure fairness. After the blind bids are matched and bet issued at the IPO price the player will go live on the platform at a time of the football index choosing but will not be longer than 48 hours after the end of the call period traders can request footballers to be added to the market via email to our customer support team at support at footballindex.co.uk or by tweeting us at football index so I mean this is really cool really cool yeah we we, we hinted upon this Dutch, actual Dutch auction system didn't we about about a month or two ago when we discussed it um so, yeah, we probably need an, a, a separate segment of the show next week for that. But what are your initial thoughts? Maybe. On I think it's pretty cool. One thing that I want to know is, let's say a reserve price is set at pound twenty-five. I want to know what what price FI take from all the bids. So, so if I, what I would do, I would look at the upper quartile of bids, right? On, I'd look at all of them and I'd take the upper quartile and I'd cho- choose the average of that upper quartile right? And then I'd take away crazy outliers, right? So if the reserve price was £1.25 and the average price of all the bids was £2 and the average price of the upper quartile was £2.77, but you get some absolute nutter who's who's £5.70, right? Do FI take those outliers out or do they go fucking hell, well we're going to play this game of chicken then with this bloke £5.70, we're just going to issue all the shares to him? Like, I can't see it being the latter. It's got to be... Nah, surely. No, I guess not. Like, I, surely like not. the idea of uh, controlling the flow of the players and having 100% of them, to be honest. When I saw that IPO system, <laughs> I thought I'd get my hands on a whole lot and, uh, you know, sell them, at, sell them at fortune. But no, they probably won't do that. Um, no, I think they might do something like what I discussed. Yes, yes. I will reread Just that then. IPO news, but I cannot wait for it to, to occur. And You know, with players like Ryan Shirky rising, who you know, I think is deserving. He's in the top 10 now, actually. It does give a lot of headway for um, IPO pricing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, it's not always a case of just saying, oh, a youngster, look at Shirky, they should be that same price. But you know what I mean. Anyway. Mm. Uh... Got a question here from Pistol at Engletop. Ooh. If FI minted new shares on rising value, yep. then the player's price comes off. Yep. If the player then rebounds back to in, in value, yep. do they mint shares on the on the way back up or only after the previous high? Only after Massive the, impact yeah. on price volatility and now we're into order books. Really good question. Really good question. Question of the day, I'd say. Um, I believe <laughs> they would spring back and revert to the previous all-time high. The reason being, unless they have an extremely skilled in-house trading team, they don't want to be taking on extra liability against people like me on certain players. You know, like so, we used the example about a month ago of ACL injuries. I'm very good at injuries, not very good. I'm pretty good. Um, like, let's say FI think this guy's torn his ACL, they drop down and start minting shares at a lower price. I know it's not an ACL. All of a sudden, I can hoover up all of the, I can hoover up all of the FI's share um, up to the previous all time high, and they've took on a boatload more liability. And if it proves not to be an ACL, and the guy then moves to the Premier League and plays for Man United, they've they've snookered themselves. I think it's a dangerous game to play. They could do it if they want to become riskier and they think they can manage that side. But to manage and do that across all of the players on the platform, I don't think makes sense. So I wouldn't suggest that they will be minting new shares at lower prices. No, 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 no. I think we could see something in the future where they have like an issuance yes, zone on yes, either side. Yeah. I think we were discussing that. I agree with we? that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, got a statement here on the Facebook page, oh, which is yeah. uh, facebook.com forward slash football index guide. Ben Q tried to detect Panda's accent. Sometimes I think it's Brummy yeah. and other times Br- Cockney. It's a disgrace. Brummy. I mean, that's no, no, no. I don't know what he's talking about there. I was born and, uh, born and raised in Essex, but worked in the corporate lifestyle as a city slicker so obviously my colloquial language has been honed a little bit but it's still very lazy and i'm not as eloquent and as sexual as someone like sexual. Well. you know talks like a you Scot- mean sensual not sexual, I mean, right? sexual. No, I mean some women would like that voice very delicate soft tone nice and smart crisp. guy yeah. it was very well prepared as well the most was prepared it? i've seen a a, a trailer like this board, yeah. shit. hang on who's more prepared dunwell or um Libby? Oh, that's really <laughs> oh, good. I heard both of them were... Well, apart from both. Lee B's wet jumper, I heard both of them apart from a few notes. Lee B's wet jumper, Lee B had like a, honestly, a phone of notes. Really? But oh. but Dunwell was one of the first people who'd, who'd been like, can I write on your document? I, obviously, I send a document to guests that come on the mm. pod for every Sunday. Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure, just do it in, a, in another colour so we don't get confused. Oh, yes. And he's gone, he's gone and written essays in oh, bright pink. <laughs> you wouldn't what know he was reading from it. No, no, you wouldn't. He, well, I mean, he wasn't. The thing is, he wasn't reading for it. They were like little bullet points just to prompt him every now and then. Oh, you know? like, like Smart cue cards. Like, kind of. Did, think about how good this podcast would be if it was, you know, structured. It, and we had if notes. I brought notes, I, let me tell you another story. I used to be a hell of a public speaker. I got to the final <laughs> of the Baron Burns public speaking competition, a national <laughs> schools event. I was majestic back in the day. Sadly, I've lost touch with that since I literally slob around most of the day. But there you go. Um, but you're <laughs> that right. is such a weird pastime, isn't it? Maybe we should prepare better and bring that. Maybe we should. Let's let's see. Maybe you do a poll. Yeah. Do, do people want me more prepared? Um, Rob C says here, you offered David Warner's cricketing talent, but the quid pro quo is you also end up with his personality. Deal or no deal? No deal. No deal. I wouldn't want Warner's personality. He's like... Um, 
I don't know, quite a spiteful, aggressive, talented Aussie batsman, although he's calmed down a bit oh, recently. Yeah. But, you know, he's quite intense on the pitch and gets okay. a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a bully boy. So hmm. I wouldn't like that trait, no. Christopher Hall again from the Facebook page here. What are your thoughts on the new footy 100? Oh, it's another interesting revelation. Brilliant, brilliant. I think we've all, I've wanted it to make sense for so long now, the footy number. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just another small win and it makes a lot of sense. And I think we can have a footy 250, a footy 500. It could link to ETFs. The exchange traded funds part of that. Uh, he spoke about made a bit of sense as well. I was thinking how That's I'd love to just buy an ETF in Salzburg or Sporting Lisbon or Ajax. You know, they'd probably be really expensive. Um, but there are many ways you can go with it. But um, no, the Footy 100, yeah, exceptional. Um, it's Tony Stark for you here. Um, which team in each league are you looking forward to watching the most this season? Uh, I'm going to go against the grain and not do the really obvious ones, right? Yeah. As in, I'm not going to choose like Dortmund or, no, no, or no, Munich. No, no. Quite on. like uh, Gladbach in the Bundesliga. Marco Rose. Yes, yeah. I rate him very highly. Yeah, uh, big fan. Yeah. In the Premier League, there's only one, isn't there? Mikel Arteta. Oh, you so said I'm you Arsenal. weren't going to play this with a shit like that. <laughs> what about Leeds? Bielsa? Nah, I, uh, I just think they'll. I don't know how well they'll do. Uh, we'll see. Uh, who else in the Prem? Um, Mm. Quite, I am quite interested to see how this Chelsea side goes yeah. up. I know that's straight off the bat, but no, 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 there no, has no. been so much change there. I'm very interested to see how that works. No, and I'm actually not that bullish on them. If I could step my, stick my neck out on the line. <sighs> very tricky one. You, because you are, aren't you? No, no I'm not. I'm not. You're more, I think you're more bullish than me, though. I don't think so. I think they're the third or fourth best team in the country. So I don't think that's being particularly bullish. Um I think their squad is going to cope with the demands of the fixtures exceptionally well, which gives them a bit of an edge on the other clubs. But I still think their first eleven's lacking. And I don't think Thiago Silva is anywhere near guaranteed to step into the Premier League at this age and cope. Mm. Although I do love well, him. Did you, did you see that uh, our friend Tamori might be joining yeah, that was a, your mate up in Everton? That's right, as a Panda Poser. I'm a big fan of Mason Holgate. And um, mm. I don't know, Panda Poser once. Why is there a difference in price between Holgate and Tamori? Because I think Holgate should be more expensive. And it'd be very interesting if they go there, if Holgate keeps him on the bench. Maybe we're going to have to follow Everton. We, Everton we, might, we should do, do you know, do you know what I we should do? Everton. We should do, we should do a hot mic on the Everton game. Oh. If Tamori and Holgate start. If they start, we will definitely do that. Focus <laughs> on Holgate and Tamori and do like a player focus. <laughs> Everton's one of the clubs I've got a bit of a soft spot for, by the way. Yeah. I've yeah. always liked them. I, do, do you think Hammers coming in is going to make them play 4-2-3-1 now? Um, Surely you can't play in a 4-4-2. Yeah. We spoke about this, didn't we? Like, you know, I call them trequartistas, like three quarter players, you know, like Totti, Del Piero, Ozil, that, you know, play on the half turn. Um, James, you would think, would have to do that. And I trust Ancelotti to actually get the best out of him. So I think he's a good offensive coach. Um, So I guess he will play in the number 10. Yeah. And then, yeah, I guess that that probably is the way they'll go. I think Everton could have a good season. Um, Mm, Interesting. I I think he'll do quite well, James. I don't own him and I don't think I will. I Ever, don't think, I think I he'll do quite well over I think he could have a lot of bite. He's someone that could rock it in the first half an hour. If he steps up a couple of set pieces, his game will translate quite well to like glitzy and glamour, you know, on like Premier League screens. I'll tell you who I want to watch in France to answer Tony Stark's question. Um, Ren. Is that Ren how you pronounce that? Mm, I yeah. have fallen in love with Camavinga. Oh, really? Yeah, not, and, and this isn't FI related because 
I don't want to be hypocritical. You know, I think the Camavingas, the Jude Bellinghams, the the Kimmich, I'd like to see a little bit more attacking output to their games before I literally throw a lot of money in because you know me, I'm like a nerve synapse. I don't buy small. I'll go big or not at all. And so, but Camavinga, I watched his half an hour when he came off for France. Oh, fig. What Have you seen him play? Yeah, he's, he's, he's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, he's really I had no good. idea. He's, he's just so mature. His elegance on the ball, his balance, well, his use yeah, of it. It's um, really, really good. Um, right. So uh, one last question each, potentially. Mm, yeah, potentially. Oh, a few more. I'm, I'm not in a rush. But. Oh, wow. What's the time? Fucking hell. I didn't realise we'd been going for this long. Um, what else have we got? We didn't really answer that completely. What about no, Italy and said, Spain? Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I want to watch uh, Sevilla in Spain. I want to watch a certain Japanese footballer and uh, Lop- you know Lopetegui. I-, I like him. But wait, Hang isn't on, is Kubo at Villarreal? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say. <laughs> no, I'm keeping that in. Cut I was literally just going to say Villarreal. Yeah. I'm gonna, I was going to say Villarreal. Yeah, but Unai Emery is a fucking monster and I don't know if I could watch him. No, I can't watch Villarreal. That's why I was blocking it out. No, scrap that. <laughs> I'll stick to Sevilla. I'll watch my mate uh, Joanne Joanne Jordan or Jordan <laughs> if it's in Spanish you don't pronounce the J as you'll know if you're meant to be this Spanish linguist embarrassing me with Catalan last week I don't speak fluent Catalan I'm pretty damn good at Spanish and um, like Jamon Jamon you don't say Jamon like you were telling me the other day <laughs> Jamon Lee um <laughs> Did you like that though? Did you like the Catalonian no, uh, lady who um, who came and I was trying to find her name right now. Yes, and she said that I was right. How did you feel about that? I hated it. I t- it left a bitter taste in my mouth. I didn't like it. I didn't like to be correct. I didn't like that you got one over on me. Um, disappointed with myself, really. So back to the drawing board. I've kind of just <laughs> got to re- regroup. Just got to regroup. I just got to literally lick my wounds, regroup, and work on my Catalan. Nothing I can do. I'm not sure how Joan Jordan is. Is uh, Juan Jordan? Oh well, no, hang on. Joan Jordan Juan... isn't he French? Uh, I don't know if it's a. a oh no, yeah, he's Spanish. Fir- so it's, it's, yeah, he is. A J is like a. Huh. Well, it's, it's Juan. Yeah. So Juan Jordan. <laughs> all right moving yeah, on moving seriously. on um who will have the p- biggest positive impact on the chelsea team this season ziek or havertz it will definitely oh be. we didn't say who, who in italy are you looking oh, forward sorry. to watch i want to watch milan i'm desperate to i watch. want to watch milan oh, as well they're run a form tonali tonali the form with a number eight on it just looks good doesn't it it looks good on it oh i want to see milan yeah he's another one that maybe fits in that uh that category, right? Yeah. The Camavinga type. Yeah, I don't know if Tonali is a, is a, is as athletic as Camavinga. Which no. I'm not sure. You know, when I watch Camavinga, I think he could almost operate like a Blaza Matuidi. Mm. You know, be quite dynamic yeah. and up and down. Tonali will be more of a Regista who will stick He's in. like a, like yeah, a, a six. six. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Good. Yeah, that is a good point from you. Though. Yeah. So yeah, who will have the biggest impact in the Chelsea team this season? Ziyech or Havertz? Ziyech, and I'm not, why? I'm not, I don't doubt Ziyech will. I just think as long as he settles in, I think he his game will translate and he'll have a far bigger impact on games compared to the running ability and intelligence of Havertz. Do you think I that think delivery? You think it'll be Havertz? Yes, yeah, so oh, yeah. yeah. I've read some stuff that he's like wowed. They have to Chelsea say that for a hundred million. Don't you're so naive. Oh no! Look, 
Look, I'm I am naive, but I'm easily easily won over by a by a, a half-assed written athletic. Yeah. You probably fucking read it from Alex Goldberg. No, okay, <laughs> no. that'd be ridiculous. They're insulting that. Yes, yes. What have we got here? Fi alarm. Do you think that the prices of elite youth players are justified based on talent alone, when other factors, i.e., attitude, is still unknown? Yeah, but you, when you see them on the pitch, it's quite easy to know their attitude, don't you? Like I, like when Gwen Doozy went to Arsenal, he left Lorient because he had some off the field issues, and now those are cropping up again. And I think if you went back to that point and you'd done all your reading and went, well, actually, maybe I'm not gonna gonna go for this guy because he had some kind of issues on the on the mentality side of things um but but you know when you look at i mean look l- let me name you you know greenwood Cherky, kamavinga can you tell panda just by the way they play the way they hold themselves on the pitch y- you can kind of guess what their mentality might be like i think so yeah how they come back their weight their instagram how they interview how they come <laughs> across no i'm being serious like i do, yeah, I do, yeah, I do yeah. look for that type of thing um, like, so know, what did you think about greenwood and the iceland oh ordeal? man i yeah, I, it was dumb, but because you're very bullish on him, yeah. So I, I just wanted I to am. ask. So obviously, it was I was appalled with it, not because of what they did, just because you know it's like the money they spent on that bubble when it's like your first senior trip. And I know, God, I've done loads of silly things in my past, and so should they. But like, I don't know, they could have just on the eve of the Premier League season, like the chances is remote. But they bring back COVID into the camp, and ah, oh, it's 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 worth millions and the setup of that. So. It was just a bit reckless, wasn't it? At this point, not disappointing because I don't want to sound like their dads or anything, but like just a bit silly, right? So I'm sure Southgate will give them a second chance and they will appear in 2021, but I'm not sure they'll be in the next squads. But it doesn't, they're still a touch too young for me to worry about that. And it, look, it's a bit of a blot on their, on their mark, but I'm not sure it's as bad as some other things, you know? I think it's pretty bad. <laughs> it is a bad it's act. During COVID, I think with the context, it's pretty bad. It is a really bad act, but. You feel invul- you know, you feel impenetrable when you're young, and you don't always think about the consequences, yeah. and you don't think COVID's yeah, going to yeah, affect yeah. you, and you know you've got these girls throwing themselves at you. So I, I probably would have done the same in there. Well, maybe I wouldn't have done because I'm quite a bit more conscientious, but I don't know if it's a massive black mark against their football ability yet. You know, I, it, it, yeah, tricky one. I'm, but the, one, I, one more, one more each. Yeah, just to answer Larm's question, Go on. I don't think the price of elite players are over pumped. I think they're completely justified, and I think they're cheap, and I think we. How I look at it is that, yes, there is always failures out there. And you look at Ravel Morrison, which is the part everyone uses. It's so boring. Everyone uses that example. But <laughs> if you buy 10 elite you like 10 elite, 10 elite youngsters, if two or three hit them off big, they could be worth £30 on this platform. Yes, some of them might trickle down slowly but surely. Like Ravel Morrison went to West Ham. You exit the trade then, but you're not losing your whole stake. And three of them could go on to be massively worth like the value. So you've, yes, it's difficult if you're just going to pick one. But if you buy a cluster of elite youth, then I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm. But one last question from you. We got one from FIA. Mm. And that's the centre-back from Celtic, I believe. It yeah? is, yes. Do you Danish. think NASDAQ implementation could lead to an opportunity for charting software and trend indicators to be used similar to its to in traditional financial markets. 
Possibly. I don't know financial markets well enough to really give an intelligent answer here, but I would think that if we can get to a 250 million market cap and above, which I think we need for a really fluid dynamic market, then I'm sure a whole suite of new interactive tools and functions will uh, can be introduced. Mm. Mm. Excited by it? So excited. And can I just ask, Fozzie Bear here says, how would your strategy change if you were to have 5,000 5,000 pounds, I would go 60%, which is three grand in classical dividend yielding players. So, well, you can look those names up yourself. I'd go a thousand in terms of elite youth, which have massive explosive upside and a thousand cash balance to react to news and events. Mm. And I'll leave it there. Yeah. There's a lot of sexual, there's a lot of panda questions here about reach sexual maturity at this age. What do you eat in the bedroom? It's all getting a little bit seedy. I may do an after hours dark show one week for these questions. Or an after dark. <laughs> an after dark, yeah. Like Hollyoaks after dark or Brookside. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that. Oh, fig, <laughs> come on. Look, I've got my mogul reputation yes, on the line. Yes, you do, you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, we leave, we leave here to wrap up the take-home message, Fig. Tell us you're excited, you're optimistic, you just want to get stuck in over the next few weeks now. <laughs> I think it's uh yeah it's going to be it's going to be really great really really great the next um the next 3 months 6 months 12 months 24 months I think this is just the a new dawn a new day this is the beginning of something special When I go onto the timeline and we log off do you think we're going to see a lot of tears I think I've got some DMs already oh, no. with some tears so okay. off I go get your handkerchief out get your Kleenex out and um go and mop up some tears Everything will be fine that's it what I want to be. leave you with. It will be. Listeners of this show have been through like 20, well, a hundred times more significant episodes. Oh yeah. With the start of COVID lockdown, a platform, you know, so you, you, you need not worry out there and we'll be back next week. Mm. Yeah. Thank you very much everyone for listening. Panda, where can people find out more about uh, you? At sporting underscore Panda. I've been slack on the DMs recently. Uh, maybe next week I'll be a bit better, but don't hold your breath listeners. <laughs> You can find me at FI Guide. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Leave us a review on iTunes, helps us out. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Football Index is a gambling platform, remember, only bet what you can afford to lose. And uh, yeah, stop when the fun stops. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.